Also, how do we want to start the start the episode? We're no longer talking about coffee. That's what I was about to ask you was, what do you want to do since we're not talking about coffee? Although my coffee story is a little more interesting today. Oh, mine is not. I, I'm drinking instant coffee and I, I refuse to say that in public. You just did. So, Adam, what's on your mind today? Calendars? Oh, I'm not ready. Hey, Bex, what's on your mind today? So, last night, I decided to go to sleep after I coincidentally finished talking to Adam, as opposed to washing coffee pots. <laughs> and so, now I am regretting that I cannot make any more coffee when this coffee that I purchased outside of my home is gone. That is on my mind. The inability to get all of this audio set up on a new computer is on my mind. But we made it. It took us only 27 minutes, and you can record. That, you know, technically, no. It probably took closer to 19 minutes fair enough okay that's the, the not having a two in the most significant digit place is important to me mm -hmm. also i would like to figure out why past me decided to hide the cable that goes between the microphone and the computer in a box under the hammock because past you is always a jerk whereas future you is always the best guy ever and will fix all of the things you did, you neglect to do today always i love my future me yeah but the past me is and i guess i can also throw one more out there um which is as you all both know, I live in a country where I do not speak the national language, and my phone just sent me an alert in a language that I don't speak and from one of the apps, and I can't take a screenshot of it, so now I need to go buy another phone so I can point this phone, that phone at this phone and use Google Trends. See, if you had iPads, you could use iPads. Oh, I could use the iPads, couldn't I? I do have iPads. But then there would be all kinds of noise of the destruction of my desk to get to one of the iPads. You can put it on your calendar from later and then do that. No, I think the alert actually disappeared, <laughs> so it's even worse because I tried to take a screenshot. Shot. There was nothing important, I guess. Oh, it's back. Okay. I mean, you could also just show it to Adam on a microphone or on a webcam. It could be worth showing to him only because I think it actually says, um, now is the last bicycle, which sounds like it's got to be a fascinating story. Um, <laughs> Posledni kolo yatadi. Oh, like it means the last round is here. Oh, because I thought kolo meant bicycle. Sounds like an ad. It is an ad. I liked it better when it said the last bicycle is now. Yeah, it's the same word in Czech. It, we have one word for round, for bicycle, for wheel. It's all the same. Interestingly, they have a different word in Polish for bicycle. Um, I, I don't remember what it is right now, but it, it's Rupert, I think, actually. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to be funny. I think it sounds like Rupert. There you go. But in Silesian Polish, they use cola. <laughs> I'm looking up Polish for bicycle because our readers, I mean, our listeners will be dying to know if it's really Rupert. Absolutely. I would have asked Patrick, how is he and what's going through his head? But I'm not going to do that because I already asked you back, so I, I'm not the moderator. You need to do that. <laughs> oh, it's, it's apparently Ruver. Yeah, sorry. Um, It's Ruver. And uh, what's on your mind, Patrick? Because I've talked a lot. Uh, finally getting some settled in new place. Um, It's kind of a difference still. I don't know. I think that this room may need some like sound insulation. Oh, I have four sound tiles and I never use them. Right. Yeah, no, like it, it sounds very echoey to me, but oh well. So do you still live out of boxes? Um, No, most of it is now unpacked, Um, except for like a whole mess of cables which every time i need something from like i retrieve a single cable after searching for like 10 minutes
minutes. It would be way simpler to just sort the cables out, but I don't seem to be able to do that. So you can use the system as I do. So I have a box and I sort them by the number of ends the cables have and all the cables with two ends are in that box and I don't have any other cables. So weirdly, I have a cable with four ends, but leaving that aside, I like Adam's system because Adam's system also allows you to follow the second part of my system, which I last uh, had to enact about a decade ago, where you put a piece of tape over that box and then you throw it away. So weirdly, I had too many cables and I actually did that. I, I was just like sorting through all of my things and I throw away like a box of cables that I never used. And I was sure like I, I haven't touched them for years. And only this week I needed like two of those. <laughs> and I'm actually considering buying one again. <sighs> in all seriousness, in the eight years after I threw away basically all of my cables, I think I have wanted for one. Mm -hmm. And not having it just turned out to be an annoyance. Yep. So Adam, how about you? So weirdly, I'm actually thinking about calendars because I have like 17 calendars in my calendar app. It's a mess and I need to sort this out. I use like three or four and I'd like to have a better system. So that's what I'm thinking about mostly. How do you have 17 active read-write calendars and actually use like more than three? They happened over time. Okay, so... Because I mean like subscribed calendars I get. Yeah, so like I, I, I put very various things on my calendar and like I have one for work meetings, one for like non-work meetings. So that's so I, like when I have a time off, I can just like switch all the work calendars off and just see whatever's left so I don't get notifications about meetings and stuff like that. And there's like, so there's this calendar, there's an events calendar, I don't know, birthday calendar, notes calendar, um, block time calendar, and many other old calendars I was either experimenting with or just using for various reasons. And some of them I haven't touched. What's the difference between a meeting and an event? Oh, so like a meeting is like this, for example, I have like 10 to noon. An event is like a conference or something happening in the outside world I might care about. So like if there's a conference, I know I either, either need to go to it or like there'll be people there so I won't be able to reach them. So just like knowing about what's going on outside. I have that like for family events. I have that for work events. And just I also have like a random things I might or might not care about. And this is all only multiple calendars because I don't want to have the view cluttered so I can switch on and off certain calendar sets based on what I want to see. Okay. And a notes calendar? Oh, it's just like to be reminded of something during a day. Like, hey, this is a day where you need to do this or like where blah, blah, blah. I rarely use it, but it's there. And it's it, it's the one I'm the least happy about because I want to be able to just make sure future me knows certain things at, in certain days. Ideally, I would have a note or something somewhere appearing like at that day telling me, hey, you wanted to know this. That would be super useful. I don't know how else to do that. So I have it in my calendar and it looks terrible. How about just a reminder in, for example, the notes app? That's different though. Or what about a to-do list entry? That's also an option. This is very old calendar. So I haven't been using it for months, which is a detail I could have said. In the spirit of our cables conversation, yeah. should you just delete it and see what happens? I probably should. Yeah. And that's and like there are a few calendars I'm absolutely sure I want to delete. And there are a few I want to keep. And I just want to look at it all and just decide, okay, what goes into what calendar? Because as you could say, like me describing the notes calendar, I'm not even sure what it's exactly for. And that's part of the problem. So it's not about just like deleting some and keeping some, but mostly like evaluating the whole system and figuring out if it even goes on a calendar or if it goes somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Since you can also, for example, put it in OmniFocus with a deferred to date, I'd say. Into so many places. And yes. Yep. And then it gets mixed with other tasks. And like, I 
yeah, I'm, I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm re-evaluating many things about systems I'm using, and this is part of this. So since I happen to know, I'll lead the witness a little bit. Patrick, I think you and I both effectively have three calendars that are read-write each, and then we have some number of subscribed calendars that are yep. read-only. And do you want to talk about how you arrived at three, and maybe that'll help Adam? Sure. So for me, it's relatively simple. Um, so I have one calendar for work, which is pretty much like all the things I do between like eight and five-ish. Um, that goes over there because that's work hours. Um, and anything out there, like if it's for if it's for just me, I'll add it to the to my personal calendar. Um, and that one is also shared with my partner. And I have another shared calendar with my partner where we both have read write so that we can do put things on there that are for both of us. So that my partner like she's aware of what I'm doing, but like it's not expected that she would put things on there. Um, where it's on the shared one is expected that either of us can put things on there. That is so for all the calendars I'm needing to have read write. All of the others are just subscribed ones, and some of them I've subscribed via my work calendar. So basically treating it as as in the GTD sense to just have it for events that happen that must happen at certain times because they maybe involve other people or whatever, and you have nothing else on the calendar. Yes, pretty much. I actually do it almost like that, but I'll extend maybe what Patrick said a little bit. I do the same with subscribed calendars. Some are subscribed on my personal calendar account, some on my work calendar account. I have a work read-write calendar. My personal read-write calendar is not shared to my partner, mostly because she was like, please don't show me all of that. But we do have a shared family calendar that like this podcast recording is actually on it because it could affect the whole household. So she would you know, need to know. That said, the thing that maybe I do with my calendars that's wonky that might help Adam is I put lots of dates that are birthday-like dates. Like yesterday was the anniversary of my partner moving to Brno. And so it was her Brno birthday. Yeah, that's basically the events calendar, like one of them. But that's, that is dumped just on my personal calendar. I don't separate it all. It's just an all-day, non-busy event on that calendar recurs annually. Um, I will mark on my work calendar, especially like, um, you know, our corporate summit has dates for next year already. It's already on my work calendar as a non-blocking event. So that if I'm looking at scheduling meetings or anything in that time period, I'll remember that our corporate summit event is at that time place. Yep. Um, so I will dump things that are not necessarily contracts with everyone else, with other people or guaranteed to affect my life on there. Like when I was still the, the Fedora community uh, F cake, I kept a lot of different conferences on my work calendar that I had no intentions of attending, but which I wanted to remember were happening coincident to other things going on in the universe. So those were kind of my notes to sell. Right. Okay. So I, I do all of this, but not on a single calendar, but on multiple calendars. And we dig deep into my notes calendar, which is like the most ambiguous and most terrible calendars. But otherwise, I do basically whatever you do, you, you to do. Um, I have a calendar for work events, like for, uh, for work meetings. I have a calendar for my personal meetings or things I need to do, like go to a doctor or whatever. I have these day events or conferences or something on multiple different calendars, just so I can, them, I can either hide them or not show them on different widgets. So for example, I have a 
day widget I use on my phone. And I only want to see my meetings, work meetings, and something significant like a deadline or something for today. But I don't need to see all the other events that I might care about because I have a different I have a different reason to look at them. So it's it's more like split into multiple calendars so I can turn on a different parts and I can maybe export it or show it on widgets or in lists and just be able to be very specific to only see things I want to see at that particular moment. Like I get that and all, but like it feels to me, it feels to me like you're unwilling to commit even to the past is kind of what you're saying. Like mm -hmm. if I had a, I don't know, some rando all day conference that I could have attended today. Yeah. As I was approaching today, I've made a decision about my attendance at that oh, conference. Oh, absolutely. And I'm either going to delete it off my calendar or I'm not. Oh, okay. So I would keep it on the events calendar. And if I'm going, I would copy it on my calendar, which means I'm going. So like, it's more like an options calendar and an actual commitments calendar. So I don't delete it. I want to be able to see like, oh, I decided not to go or something, but I don't do it by having it or not having it. I just, it depends like on which calendar it is. That means how much I care. So it sounds to me like you should have it on your functioning calendar as though you are going until you make the decision you're not going. And then you should move it to the archiving calendar of options if you feel it important to maintain a history of what you didn't do. Because it just feels like you've got massive cognitive overload and at times you're going to turn on views and now you have five copies of the same thing. Like I run into this with my own days off, right? Like sometimes, uh, you know, we've got this extra corporate day off every quarter right now. Well, it winds up on my family calendar so that my partner knows about it. And it winds up on my work calendar so that I don't accidentally put a meeting on that day. It blocks that whole day. And it winds up on my work team calendar because this is a terrible example, but like I'll mark that I'm going to be out of the office on a day. So I could easily see that I'm going to be out of the office three times on the same day. And that's frustrating. And it sounds like you do that with every single event. Not with every single event, but with many events. And here comes Fantastical. <laughs> they show it only as a single event being on a multiple calendar. So I don't see it three times. I see it once. And it has like three different background colors. There's like stripes. Oh. Is Fantastical the only interface you use for your calendars? Mostly yes. Then maybe you don't have a problem. I don't. I mean, other than this is crazy. <laughs> it might be crazy to you. It works perfectly fine to me. It feels crazy to me to have like everything on a single calendar and not being able to distinguish. Okay, here's another example. So if I if I have like all my meetings and everything and appointments on the same calendar as future events, and I want to just see, okay, show me the following year, like show me the upcoming year and what's happening during that year. I want to only see these entries. I don't want to see my daily meetings. I don't want to see anything else. I only want to see, for example, tech conferences, or I want to see um, national holidays. And then I have a year view. So I don't even see the details of the days. And when I see, oh, there's something on this day, I know there's something. And if there's nothing, I know there's no event, even though I still have meetings and like lunch breaks and whatever planned for every single day. Okay, that's fair. And, and Patrick, jump in. Like, I'm not trying to cut you out. Um, I have a spreadsheet because of course I do. <laughs> but I have a spreadsheet that I maintain that is that, which I mean, pre-COVID when travel was still a huge thing, um, that spreadsheet, and I can give you a copy. It's by uh, Dave Say, although I rewrote it a little bit for my uses. Uh, he does these minimalistic calendars. I remember uh, we talked cool. about the spreadsheet, I think. Yeah, and so this spreadsheet shows me... I think we have at least one spreadsheet addict. Yeah, this spreadsheet shows me every day of the year and it colors public holidays and then I can add entries in a column with dates and it'll block out those dates. And so that's where I would put conferences I knew I was traveling to, 
conferences I might travel to, scheduled vacations, you know, trips to see family. And that's my year view. So you're doing basically the same thing as I'm doing. Because in theory, at the year level, any meeting you have scheduled is movable. Yeah. So you're basically doing the same thing. You're just fracturing the data across multiple different systems and backends and everything. But you're doing the same thing. Like I just have this spreadsheet as a calendar. Yeah, but it's in my opinion, it's more manipulable in a spreadsheet. But that's oh. because I'm a spreadsheet addict. All right. But Adam, I'm also wondering, like you have all these calendars. Um, which backends are they stored on? Because Fantastical doesn't really do local calendar syncing as far as I'm aware. Yeah, this is all, all in iCloud. Including your work stuff. No. Well, that, that depends again. So I get many invites for work meetings, as you both know, you probably do too. And there's like all these big events and like all hands and everything. And it's sometimes like I want to keep it to just know it's there, but I don't want to see it when I'm only looking at my essential daily meetings. So I have my work calendar displayed, but I never look at it when I look at like what I need to do to, every day. I basically copy entries again to a different calendar, which is like my committed work meetings, which is different than my than the ad calendar that everyone can put events on. So when I'm actually looking at what my day looks like, I only see calendars only I can write to plus my family calendar. But I completely hide the work calendar that everyone can invite me to things because it's too cluttered. And I'm sure Brian is now not happy about another copying. So yeah, that's what I do. I guess the thing that really bothers, maybe, and I didn't quite follow everything you just described, but I think the thing that maybe bothers me about it is it's the copying aspect. Like, I'm older than both of you, but I don't know if you all remember transparencies. Um, that's at least what we called them, where, you know, you put it on the light and then it would pro broadcast it onto the, you know, project it onto the screen and you could stack them. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like what you're trying to do is you're creating transparencies, but then you've put the same data on all of them. And that's what's got me like frustrated. Like it feels like there should never be two copies of the same event. I think that which maybe that's an idealistic that can't happen. I don't know. That, but I think that really depends on how you use the calendars. Like I have a calendar of hey these things are happening, and then a calendar oh and these things are the ones I chose from. It's like I would ideally have as you can do like yes or no or maybe or something something like that, but without actually using this mechanism. Right? It's like because I don't want to. For example, if I say no to an event, I might still want to know it's there because maybe other people might be there but like then when I'm planning my day I don't want to see it there because then it's just like clutter and I don't need to I, I just like don't want to be looking at the cluttered calendar I just want to look at like the, the, the minimum I need to do so it's mo mostly like having the option of like di different perspectives into a data set right so one thing that I do yeah. maybe this would be useful is with my work calendar because this doesn't happen in my personal life really um I decline events and I those are hidden mm -hmm. but I will periodically flip the calendar back into show to client events. Okay. And that brings all of that data back to the forefront. And interestingly, the view on my phone defaults to showing to client events, which makes it frustrating at times, but also super useful. Doesn't it then throw with a uh, show day strike through? Yeah. It's just, it's suddenly the calendar, as Adam has pointed out, it's full of clutter. Right. But like the declined events being able to toggle that on and off, maybe that's a useful switch for you. Yeah. It, it sounds to me like you're doing the same thing, just you implemented it differently. And I could definitely do that, but I rather use the calendar sets feature in Fantastical, which basically you can define calendar sets that like, for example, I, I can say, hey, I'm looking at my usual workday calendar and I can choose which individual calendars will be shown. And then I can see, hey, I'm looking at my like what's going on today calendar I might or might not care about. And there's the other other ones as well. And that way I don't
don't need to go to settings and just like change how it behaves. I just have views. I can just very easily switch between. I can choose these views for different widgets or something. So I like, I preserve the data there, but I just have different view on the data. I guess that that sounds reasonable. I know. So can now is the obvious question. Do we get to see like your list of calendars and views? At this point, it's a mess. As I said, I'm, I'm, I'm really changing it, but I can, I can tell you a few. So I have, I have my personal meetings and I have my work meetings. I have personal blocked time and work blocked time. I have a recreation calendar. I have a personal events calendar, work events calendar, work deliverables calendar, a family calendar, a focus calendar. And have I said the generic events calendar? I think I did. Yes. Um, I have subscriptions calendar and holidays calendar. And I have a special transport calendar, <laughs> which is for blocking time to get to a place that's not like where I am right now. It's like go to the dentist. So I have like the dentist appointment and then like half an hour before that to get there. So these are all the calendars I think I want to keep. Wait, I, I just got to add. <laughs> the dentist appointment is on a separate calendar from the 30 minutes it takes to get there. No, so like the dentist appointment is on my personal meetings calendar. But yes, the time to get there is on a separate calendar because that's clutter. But I still want to see when I'm planning my day. It's just basically I can I can always imagine it. Like I, I see a dentist calendar. Obviously, I know I shouldn't put a meeting like half an hour before that, right? Obviously. But just seeing it there helps me when I don't when I'm maybe maybe just like looking very quickly or just like I want to see like okay where can I put another event or something like I need to talk to this person like where do I have time I don't have to analyze like every individual entry like is this a video meeting I can join it any minute is this a meeting like on the other side of the city I probably need like some time off without the need of analyzing every single event every time I just have a transport calendar I can just like turn on when choosing free time That's right. it. I, I, I do make those appointments with myself I just either extend the length of the other event or I add an event before it blocking my calendar. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like, yeah, again, the same thing, but I just like the separation. Which my, my work calendar, for example, is full of events labeled block. Maybe it's my software engineer deformation. Um, Like I, I just, this is basically like different types of data. So I'm trying to have like different data types. I don't want to have everything as the same type. So um, I have like metadata about like, what is, what does this event means? Right. I never said it's easy. You didn't. I, I won't lie. My head hurts <laughs> from that list. Um, and I don't think it's just the fact that I'm running out of coffee. I, like my head genuinely hurts thinking about the cognitive load that I would have to carry to land things on the correct calendar. Oh, it's super easy. Once we get used to it, it's super easy. It's like always super clear where to put it. At least like about about the ones I know. You and I have talked about this before. Like you're very good at these kinds of disciplined systems that I am not good at. Like I give you lots of credit there. But also um, one thing I'm curious about is I actually just checked because I remembered that it had that. But for example, Fantastical actually has a feature where it can automatically add the travel time for you. Oh, can it? That's interesting. I had no idea. Yeah, like if you open... Yeah, several of the systems. If you yeah. open an event, um, one of the options is travel time. And you can either set like a custom time or say, oh, I'm using hour. public transit. And then it'll okay. compute from your current location. Oh, that's amazing. All right, you just you just made Brian happy because I might delete one calendar. This is amazing. Thank like, you. Fantastical actually shows you that. And it has that option. So, but how does, how do other calendars show it? So if I need to use like whatever other calendar Let's see, because right now my test event was on my personal calendar. Oh, never mind. I have all the sync broken because I was playing with that as well. So no way to tell how, how it looks like on any other calendar. Travel time, 30 minute at event. I've just added something to my work calendar. And let's see, the Google calendar. 
calendar. Oh, actually, my Apple calendar on my phone does that too. It has travel time too. And it shows, shows it like a dotted instead of that line on the left. Right. So it's clear it's a travel time. I like this. I like this. It's much, much nicer than having a travel calendar. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can actually say this belongs to that event. And then when you canceled that event, like for example, I was planning to go to a movie tonight, but for reasons like that's canceled. Um, but if I have to move it, like I had to move like three different events. Now I had, now I just move once. And yep. That definitely goes into my system. So calendars, they're complicated, but very useful. Yep. I, I guess, let me, let me make one more pitch. <laughs> go for it. Uh, and because this may also affect anything else we want to talk about around organization. Um, over the, the decades, I have moved from lots of specialized views or filings or mm-hmm. whatever into a philosophy of how close can I get to dump it all in one box? Yeah. Um, cause one of the things, and this may be in the GTD book. I don't recall. I read it somewhere, but basically it said, spend your money wisely, spend your time wisely. Mm-hmm. In other words, like when you think about paper files, for example, they were like, you can spend a lot of time and create, you know, a separate file. This is the car warranty. This is the time Warner cable file. This is the, you know, this house, that house, the, you know, my teeth, each tooth individually, whatever files. And you will spend a lot of time putting stuff into files. And as long as you go into those each individual file and you need that data frequently, that was well spent time. But like what I discovered for myself was that I didn't go through those separate categories enough. So what I started doing was, and this is back when I saw a lot of paper in my life, I literally had one file for the whole year. Every receipt, every everything that was worthy of being kept went into that file. And once a year, I knew I was going to go through every single page to prepare my taxes. The rest of it, if I needed to go in five times and I had to thumb through the, and it's, you know, roughly chronological, so I could guess, you know, June's about halfway down the stack. But, you know, if I needed to thumb through the file five times in a year, I've still spent less time retrieving the document than I would have filing it for potential retrieval that never happened. And so, like, the dump it all on one calendar works for me because I have spent less time manipulating events. But I get your perspective around views. So I agree with you. With- I agree with you from the GTD perspective as that's about files and physical files and actually like physically looking for a thing in many different physical places, right? And I also have one physical folder for receipts for the year. That's the only <laughs> thing that makes sense for them, I think. But about the calendars is it, when I'm entering it, I can choose where it goes very simply. So the entering is easy, but that's the only thing I'm affected with, right? When I'm looking at the calendar and I'm, by the way, looking at the calendar much more often than actually writing things on it, I see everything. And, or I can just like quickly choose between like two or three views and that they're mo- mostly the same the whole day. And I, I, I can see all the buckets at once, but like only the buckets I need to know. So I, I save time by not needing to filter through everything. I just like only see a subset. I see it at one on one place. So what you've described, maybe this, this probably doesn't help you, but um, a while ago, I wrote a program that's not maintained anymore. I should maybe consider updating it to, to be modern and runnable again. And I called it an ICS stripper or iCal stripper. And what it did, I had a, a data feed from a government website and it contained information about four different categories worth of events related to that ministry's function, right? I was only impacted by one, but I wanted those dates to come in on the government feed. So I didn't have to go look up, oh, the third Thursday of the month, it turns out was a holiday. So where did they actually move the due date to, right? Yeah. And so I wrote this little program that would ingest their ICS feed and then strip 
out, based on regular expressions, all the things that I cared about, or you could invert it and only keep the things that you wanted, or, you know, destroy things. Um, and then that was what I subscribed to. It was just sitting as a CGI on a, a web server somewhere. And it almost feels to me like your views should be smart views of a single data source. So basically you were splitting one calendar. And I don't know that the, I don't know that you've got a system that does that. I'm sorry? So, no, I, I think I, I, I think you, you were doing like what I'm trying to do. Like you were splitting one physical calendar into multiple based on what type of information was there because you only cared about one type of information at that time. So I'm saving it as four different, or I would be saving it as four different calendars. If you care about all, subscribe to all. If you care only about one, subscribe to one. And that's what I'm trying to do. And yeah, it's just a smart view. Some apps use it like to-do managers have like smart views, smart list, or like saved searches. These are all the terms for showing just a subset of the database. That's exactly what those calendar sets in Fantastical are. So I can have like smart views or limit li limit the number of events by type I'm seeing. Right. Yeah. For me, like I'm hitting the case that Bex was describing as well in a particular a set of committees for like some technical stuff for work. Um, in order to add it to your calendar, like their system generates a personalized calendar. However, the the per, the calendar entries in there are generated based on the the subgroups you're a member of. But I needed to be a member of certain other groups as well to be able to see their documents. So that is where the ICS tripper stuff would come in handy because if they would do it as separate calendars, I would just subscribe to the individual calendars. So I guess that that's the, yeah, like different sources as Adam describes it. Yeah, I definitely like the idea. Like if someone just gives you one calendar, just being able to cut it in multiple ones based on type of event, that's that sounds very useful. See multiple calendars, that's, that's the only way to go. Bex, maybe we should revive ICS tripper and make it generally useful. I definitely like to revive it because there's one other tool um, that I had also written that has fallen into disrepair. And um, I actually found another one on the internet that has also fallen into disrepair. Um, and it's an ICS merger. Um, and oh, the example no. that I would give that I think is relevant <laughs> to us, um, but that others might understand was, uh, especially when I was very active in the Fedora project, each Fedora team has a separate calendar. Yep, yep. But in my life, Fedora is Fedora. And so I wanted to be able to take all of those teams, 92 calendars, and get one subscription so that I only had one entry, Fedora, not Fedora. Um, but I think that there's more out there where somebody might go, I want to combine my, you know, the social media calendars that come out of the different social media platforms that I'm on so that I get one feed because I don't want 15 of them because I'm never going to turn them off individually. I want just one. Or just subscribe to 15 of them and use Fantastic and have sets also probably. Not everyone uses Fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But if you do, you can do that for yourself. <laughs> but yeah, I get the point. This whole calendar set thing, it's like something I was looking for for a very long time because I was frustrated. And maybe that, that's what your frustration is about, like individually turning on and off all the calendar. Like I had this idea of what I described, but I could never make it work because I could never make it so that like, just show me a set or just show me the ones I select. And just like, I want to have like this view and this view and this view. And doing it manually, it was, it just, it, yeah, it's it, it sounds overwhelming. It is overwhelming. It must be horrible. And I would never done that if I didn't have calendar sets. So they're super valuable. And that's the only reason why I can do this craziness. But yeah, if you don't, if if you don't have that in your calendar app, don't yeah, d d don't do my thing. It, it would be terrible. <laughs> yeah, you are correct. It would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it would. <laughs> Maybe we've talked this to death. But yeah, if you want to, if we want to revive the stripper and combiner, that could be fun. Yep. Another project for the EUPL license. The best license. It's the best license. The one thing 
that I still want to know back the clockwise stuff. Oh yeah, clockwise. So clockwise is this plugin, as I understand, as I recall, it only works with Google calendars right now. And um, my boss turned me on to this. And what it does, it's basically, I think it'd be called pathfinding or something like that. But the theory is it reads in your calendar. And most importantly, it reads in the free busy time of everybody you're meeting with. And it tries to figure out optimal moves for your shared events that create large blocks of focus time for everybody. And so in theory, like if you and I have a call and it's able to figure out that, wait, you know, if you all would both move your call two hours earlier, you would each get a four hour block of focus time instead of a two and a two, then it would it would move the event. That sounds incredibly useful if it actually works like that. So it, it does work. What I have discovered is that it's got a couple of challenges, not all of which are like the company's bugs or faults. Some of it are just the, the challenges of the universe because calendar as a standard and calendar as an implementation is a terrible, terrible thing in the universe. <laughs> um, the first thing that I've noticed that it has a problem with is Google does not expose an API in their calendar to allow um, you to programmatically read somebody's working hours. I don't think that that's info from the calendar though. It is because in Google Calendar, you can actually go into settings and tell it what your working hours are. And then when other people try to schedule events, they'll see grayed out blocks when you're not at work. Oh, I use that a lot. It's amazing. Right. I actually have used it. And and just as an FYI, like I've actually set mine to be less than my actual working hours to constrain the times when meetings will likely happen. Yep. Because, because of the nature of me working across time zones uh, with most of the team that I work with being on East Coast US, um, I often just have to agree to meetings outside of, you know, my regular, what would be my normal day. So I basically set it up to say, you know, after this line, you need to contact. Right. Um, but that's not exposed via the API. So instead what happens is they look at the, the calendar of the other participants and they try to intuit that person's working hours based on the other events on their calendar because mm -hmm. that's the best they got. Right. But then like I have a meeting at 9 p.m. and it thinks that my working hours are worse. Exactly. And and that actually happened to me. There was a, a there's a colleague of ours who I have a call with in France and he works fairly regular hours most days and it happily moved an event right over dinner time because he happened to have late calls that night. Mm. But it's once a week he allows a calls to he allows the calls to go late. Right. You know, and he was like, I can't do this. I got to have dinner with my wife and kids. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. It was the automation and I turned it off for his meeting. What I've discovered is um, it doesn't seem to have a lot of value for me because most of my meetings are either large group or they're these East Coast attendees, all of whom moving it for their convenience puts it at like midnight for me. And that's just not allowed because mm -hmm. you can directly tell this, this tool what your working hours are. And I've also done that. Um, but I do think that the idea here is amazing. And like if everyone in our company participated, so they had the full data set, I think they could optimize our calendars in a way that would be amazing. Yeah. Or they would actually expose the catch-22s in a way that it's like, yes, you are literally never going to get any of the people from these two units to ever speak to each other. You know? Right. But I do like thinking back to Adam, I think that Adam's situation might become tricky for it unless it takes into account all of Adam's calendars. So it wouldn't be tricky. So one frustration is it only understands one Google Calendar per person. But in theory, that could be extended. And it'd be great to be able to give it ICS feeds from other systems so that you could be like, anything on this is an unmovable. It'd be cool to give it like one calendar that would be a merge of multiple calendars I choose. And it would use your ICS merger to do that. And that, that probably would be what I would give it. Right. And then 
then I could do some other randomness, like either set the working hours or have a calendar of just like blocked out time and just like throw it on the pile. So it just doesn't schedule anything between like, I don't know, 8 or 9 a.m. or I don't know, 6 or 7 p.m. or whatever. Two of its functions are kind of related to that. It will, you can tell it that you, for example, they call it lunch because they presume it's in the middle of your day. For me, it, it would have been dinner, but I turned this off. But you can say, you know, I need lunch every day. I want to eat between these two time periods. Like, you know, I'm mm -hmm. willing to eat between 11 and 2 and I need at least 30 minutes, but would like an hour. Mm. And it will try to schedule a lunch appointment for you. And it will let that lunch appointment flex a little bit within your tolerances in case you can get more focus time by moving something over part of that period. Um, and then the other thing is it will proactively schedule focus time blocks. So like if it finds a block, it will throw a calendar event on it so nobody steps on it. Again, that sounds super useful. Yep. Um, although if you want to have a lunch with someone, then it gets complicated again, right? And Not necessarily because you could throw the lunch and just invite that person to that day's lunch. Sure. It would just like do it based on all of your calendars, I guess. But then it might still get moved. In theory. Yeah. Although you can tell it with each event, as I recall, um, the, um, uh, you can tell it with each event whether it should move it within the day or within the week. Okay. I think those are the only two options, which actually, like, you can, of course, explode the complexity here. I'd like to be able to tell it that I have these three meetings. I don't care when they occur, but they must occur in this order. Okay. Yeah. And I'd also like to be able to tell it this meeting can flex any time in the next five working days. Hmm. So I don't care if you move my Thursday meeting to Tuesday. I like the idea. To me, it sounds a bit invasive for a thing to be moving my calendar around. But if it works well, it would be, it could be, it could be very nice. Yep. So for example, how I deal with focus time is that I'm in a team or I work with people in Europe and the US. So we have like, for me, it, the afternoon is where the overlap is. So I actually set up my working hour in our work calendar to be from noon or like 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. So it's definitely not like my, like all my work hours as work hours, right? But what it's helping me with is to put all the meetings only in the afternoons. And I try very hard not to ever have meetings in the morning so I can have just like focus time of like two or three hours in theory. And then I can just like go to all these meetings. And most of the time that works, that works quite nice. No, that makes sense. I, I think we all, I don't know, I don't know about you, um, Patrick, but like I do the same that I try to force my meetings into blocks, typically in my afternoon. Hmm. And then I try to keep a couple of days free of meetings, which is basically the only right. I think we I have think talked calendars to tears. <laughs> Way beyond death. But it does segue nicely into time tracking. Yep, it does. Because Adam, I know you've been doing some experiments around time tracking. Oh, dear. Yeah. I don't know if that's... So, yeah, I, I have I, I have my system for time tracking, um, which is like combination of figuring out like my capacity and actually doing the time tracking so I have recourse to reflect on and also Pomodoro and it all somehow mixes together and basically I looked at my day and I tried to divide my time between recreation and active time and then I have something in the middle which is like switching context I don't know having a break deciding on what's next just like randomness that just accumulates over the day so I need to put it in, into the equation and then I can divide like the active hours into like various projects or commitments or whatever I'm working on like Red Hat has a huge part of that during the week um, and based on that I know how much time I need to spend like in each category and then I basically just only plan the time and I I, I 
I learned not to plan like things to achieve, but rather like time to spend on. Even though that sounds terrible, um, it, it it's sometimes hard to just like have things to finish, and then you realize they don't take two hours; they take like seventeen hours, and like it's all stressful and it's all terrible. So the time is much easier to manage, and and of course I still have like goals, and I just don't stop like when the timer ends. Of course, I, it, it's it's still in it's it, it's still something I'm shaping, but um, I know like for example today I can do two hours, 15 minutes of coding, for example. And if I spend that time, that's perfect. If I don't, well, something different happened. But like, I have a guidance. I don't need to tick all the boxes every day. That's very important. It's just like, in theory, how an ideal day would look like. And then I know, okay, if I spend two hours of coding, I still have plenty of time for everything else I planned. And then I work in bursts, like 40 minutes, an hour with little breaks. And that's basically the system. It's nothing super complicated. Um, Just, I, I found the value of like figuring out first how many hours are in the day like looking at it and just like having things like sleep and recreation and everything on it and just seeing how little there is every day and it's depressing how little there is every day but that's what we have so like that's what we need to use and then I can make actual realistic plans for working on things so I can't be coding today for eight hours although I would love to do that because I have a bunch of things to do but I have two hours 15 minutes that's what I get right and then do you actually use the time tracking data to reflect back on it or yes yeah so I have a spreadsheet and basically how I divide the time up is not in. <laughs> I think I'm the only one of us three who does not regularly use a spreadsheet. We will convert you to the dark side. We will. Yeah, so, I mean, you've already started. But. So this podcast is actually about observing Patrick getting changed over time and being adapted to spreadsheets. And spreadsheets. Anyway, um, so yes, I have a spreadsheet and basically I don't plan or the way I figure out like how much time I have for each activity or each project commitment or whatever is that I don't don't put time, but I put fractions. So for example, on the highest level, I have the three categories, recreation, active time, and the whatever time that's just like accumulates. So I put fractions on 24 hours and then I can drill down to each. And like the recreation has like three categories, which is like sleep. That's the only block that can't be really squeezed. And then there's like doing eating and like human things and then actual like free time. Um, And then on the active side, there's like a bunch of other things. And I just, again, assign fractions to those it just like spits out a number in the end and I look at the number I'm depressed about the number being very very small and then I have a number to work with and I track time using toggle and then I try to like and well, I always these just days it's called toggle track it is actually yeah sorry yeah they just renamed those yep they because did. they got more parts of the company now yep yeah but basically I have like a place where I have the plan and then I have a place where I have the actual numbers and I can compare it uh, the comparing is like slightly frustrating or it's just like I would like to have nicer view of like seeing the percentage or like how much remains of each of the things on a nice beautiful one screen that would be absolutely amazing I don't have that if you know about an app that can do that please let me know um and yeah that's that's how I how I try to do that and it's it's actually been the best system for time tracking I've had like I, I tried that before just like tracking and see what happens but like I couldn't really motivate myself to do that when I try to figure out like how long I get spent with things just like okay let's see I'll be doing this for like three hours today and then this and this and this everything like it, it mostly never worked because there were all the other things always other things I didn't plan or just like the switching time that accumulates over the day a huge amount of time and there's like all these like bathroom break 
colleagues and just like going to get a glass of water or just like sitting and like thinking, okay, what's next? Or just like reading the to-do list is in itself and it just accumulates a lot. And yeah, right. that's it. How do you track time? Yeah, like I've also been like on a time, tracking my time on and off. And I definitely do not, like for me, it's also partially just to be, to defend against myself later on, like what I spend my time on because mm -hmm. I found that sometimes like I would just be researching something and then like two hours later I found that I'm still researching that one subject to death well yeah I yep. don't need to know that much about it um so at that point I was like okay let's just try to track it um, and what I also noticed for myself is that while I'm actually tracking time like I'm also way more focused on the thing that I'm supposed to be doing yes that was yeah okay yeah thanks for reminding me that was one of the primary reasons I even started with this like I noticed that I now have a or yesterday for example I was trying to write a specific piece of code like I was trying to mm -hmm. hack something specific up as part of that like I had to read some documentation and it had some very interesting topics for like hey did you also know we have this um <laughs> I know it and normally this. like I would have probably read and then three hours later realized oh this thing I was intending to do still is not done but now i'm much more tempted to just say save to read later and continue on with what i was doing mm -hmm. yeah it, it, it's amazing like as you said like researching i'm doing research i need to and i i can have a look at my plan like okay i have two hours for this and let's say i can give it like 20 minutes and i just set a timer for 20 minutes and i know like that's how long i can spend researching and it does two things like there's timer running on my on my system bar that says like whatever it is right now it says fractal fm and so i know like this is what i'm doing nothing else and i also know like when this ends it ends so i just can just like throw away everything else i'm not looking at email i'm not looking at um anything else doing unintentional stuff and i only really focus on the one thing and i know when i'm finished i'm finished and i can take a break or whatever and exactly what you say like just it just tells my brain like this is what we're doing and we're not doing anything else 20 minutes for that and then we can do whatever else yep do you also use toggle patrick yeah um i found it or i've heard about it on another podcast um and it's been working decently enough for me um on my mac i'm using the toggle app on i don't do time tracking from my phone or a tablet yet hmm. like as i said i'm not that i'm trying to get more decently consistent about it but i'm definitely still on the starting line or near the starting line so what i discovered what helps me as i said like i have like recreation and active time and like the switching i only track the active time nothing else like i don't have a timer running when i go to the bathroom or like when i'm eating or when i'm watching a movie so that helped like just like just the active time right and of course and i have on my phone i have a shortcut to like ask me questions like just like tap a button it just like lists the project and like if i want a reminder i tap it and it just like sets everything up starts the timer for in toggle and then it starts a, a jew timer a jew is an app that has a fantastic feature you can say like hey set a 40 minutes timer and then keep bothering me every minute or every five minutes until i press done it's amazing okay and so that's what it sets up and that's optional so it's always like lists all the things i tap time and i'm done and then i have a stop button i can just like stop time and that's been very useful okay that does sound very useful yeah i'd love to see that shortcut yep. um sure because i'm not time tracking at all and i feel like i need to it depends what you're looking for like for me it was the intentionality the focus like knowing what i'm actually doing and not being overwhelmed by like all the other things i should be doing because like people pinging me emails and like multiple projects in progress and just I, I had days where i was just like busy working and feeling overwhelmed
overwhelmed and not accomplishing anything. And this this really helped me to get like much more focused time on specific thing, forget about everything else and just like do the one thing. And knowing that I, I did my time plan. So like if I actually spend two hours on this, which I wouldn't normally do, it's all right and it'll work out and it's fine. And it just like removed so much stress from and so much decisions because I just follow it most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I think that you said that like at the start of the week, you make a plan and then you just blindly follow it. I have like a rolling plan with rough things that that's just like rolling. I have like a two week plan, but yeah, it, it's done once and I don't like refresh it or tweak it every week. But I know like this is roughly how the day is. And like if it's just like five minutes, five minutes there or just like I do half an hour of something more than I know, like I can either take out half an hour of this or just like drop something. It's flexible, but just just like knowing it and I don't need to think about all the other projects. So like I can see that, for example, on Monday, I work on these two projects, completely ignoring everything else. And on Tuesday, I work on these three, again, ignoring everything else. And that's super helpful. And then I have like a blocks of time when I review like all the projects on like higher levels. I can see like, hey, these are all my work projects. These are all my work commitments. This is the schedule. Let me help like figure out a plan. Okay, I need like this time for this. And like, I want to know these things. And just like, I, I try to like make a plan and it doesn't mean I have to figure out everything to the detail, but at least I can estimate time. And even though I don't do absolutely amazing job estimating because that doesn't work, um, it's better than nothing. And I know like if I had to do it every single time I'm deciding what to do next, it would be much worse. So this works fine. So it, it makes sense. How do you, maybe you don't have this and maybe this is weaselly on my part. I don't know, but I feel like I have a sequence of meetings often that for lack of a way of putting it, they wreck the rest of the time plan. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'll have a meeting Monday at six and discover that, you know, this is now my highest priority and it doesn't matter what else I was planning to do. I have, you know, a delivery on Friday to a VP that, you know, mm -hmm. like now this is what I need to do. Yeah. Um, do you get that kind of stuff often? Oh, absolutely. Or am I just, maybe my world is being too interrupted? Oh no, I, I, I get that. I get those things, not every week, but like on average, I don't know, every other, every three weeks or something. There's like always something that changes the plan and it's yeah. totally fine. I had a week, I had to like, I, I just like, we were doing a team presentation and that was very important. And I like, I, I can do reasonably okay graphics. So I was just like helping with the with the graphics. And that was like a lot of time because it was just investing like a few hours of my time into like hundreds of people understanding and just like, it was definitely worth it. So I just like dropped things and I just quickly reviewed, okay, I can drop these and then I can reevaluate. That's fine. It's not something like I planned, I'll, I'll be just like coding from like 1613 to like 1725 and like nothing else happens. It's just like, it's just a guidance for times when I actually have the flexibility and can do absolutely anything like and I would just be overwhelmed right like when 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 there's no things coming and if something new comes I can look and see okay I need to do this now or maybe hey this is the noisiest thing but it's not really high priority so sorry I'm not doing that maybe next week okay but yeah I, I get those yeah me too like I think it happens with pretty much anyone yeah also because a lot of people always think that their thing is the most important oh absolutely and like you always need to decide but yeah sometimes something more important something is actually more important and comes up and yeah out goes the plan absolutely i just i guess part of it was that i felt like i am i am unable i am more regularly unable to commit to those plans i feel like than make them which is part of the reason i think i've kind of given up making them mm. I've, I've started to use a modified eisenhower matrix which we can talk about in another time to try and figure out what's actually the thing i need to be doing huh. i would love to hear about that so about like what i plan i don't plan specific projects or tasks I just plan specific types of mindset basically of like I'll be strategic at this time I'll be focused during this time and I'll be responsive during this time on what 
doesn't matter. I, I can decide like when I'm when I'm in the moment. So that's 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 what I try to track. Do you all use the auto tracker thing they talk about? No, because for me, like, what's that? Um, you can set it up so that if it sees specific applications, it will automatically track time for specific projects. It's like screen time, right? You get that with screen time. Yeah, true. Um, but for me, like pretty much all of my stuff is happening like three or four apps and that's for every single project and every single thing I do pretty much. Well, it, like I'm fairly good at keeping all of my work browsing in one browser and my personal browsing in another pair of browsers. And so it sounds like I could theoretically use this to at least know I was doing something in the work browser. Mm. I don't know what to do with that data actually. Yeah, I, I don't know that it's a useful statistic, but it sounds like it's a potential. Right, but like if that's the Unless it can see at the tab level. Then... Right, I don't know if it can see at the tab level or not. No, I, I don't think it does. Um, and if you want that type of granularity, like as Adam said, screen time will give you that information um, and it will actually so, within Safari tell you how long you've spent on every website. Yeah, as I say, I don't think it can see the tab level on any of the other uh, apps no. or browsers. But so I have an interesting question. Do First of all, I don't think you can export your screen time data, which is kind of frustrating because I'd like to be able to do an analysis. But the other thing, do you all use the, the time limits in screen time? So yes, I know I do at least um, because there's certain apps where I know that like I will spend literally like hours upon hours of doing this um, and I know that I don't want to. Like for example, the other day I found a logic game for my iPad and like while I'm doing that, I'm not noticing my like the time passing. So I've set a limit of like you can spend up to 20 minutes per day on this because otherwise you'll spend like the entire afternoon. Mm -hmm. Like, And I even set it up with a passcode. So if the time runs out, then it'll be like, hey, your time is up. Um, so another level, do you know the passcode or is just your partner knows the passcode? So I know the passcode, um, okay. but this is basically a case of DD hassle hurdle. Mm -hmm. Like it yep. triggers my brain with like, oh yeah, no, I don't want to be doing this. So yeah, now I need to think and oh, while I'm thinking, this is not a good idea to do. <laughs> Correct. Like that's the yeah. whole point. It's like to sense. remind myself of, oh yeah, I don't want to be doing this for the entire day. So you definitely shouldn't use touch ID on that basket. No. <laughs> or face ID, that would be even better. Just like, yeah, automatic dismissal. Just like, go on. <laughs> well, at least you would still need to press the yes grant another like 15 minutes or hour or the entire day. But yeah, no. <laughs> like... Always the entire day. It's always the entire day. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I have run into situations with that. I use it for a couple of apps too. Um, and I've run into situations where like I'm looking at something and it's 1120 at night and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to do this for the rest of the day. But if I grant yeah. a half hour or whatever it offers me, it's going to run out right before midnight. So I'm like, just rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You know, who cares about that extra 10 minutes, you know? You yeah, know, but like I definitely use it. Um, and for a while, like I had actually generated a random passcode for it which was stored in my password manager so if i wanted to give myself more time like it would be a big hassle but oh, because you would probably need to use another device because over that pop-up you couldn't access it but when you dismiss it it's no longer there so it's just well like if you reopen the app then it'll 
will repop okay. up the popper, but but that's even more snap. <laughs> yeah, but I realized like that doesn't add anything else than just the I need to enter the passcode because mm -hmm. having to remember the passcode is already a trigger yeah. for like hey nope you don't want to be doing this. Fair enough. So are either of you using downtime? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, because I've I've got app limits but no downtime. Can you remind me what downtime actually is? Downtime is well, it's two things basically. One of them is it will automatically do a do not disturb. Oh yeah. But also you can say I don't want these apps between these times. So for example, I've set up all of my work stuff to just be unavailable at night. Okay. Looking at that appears to be you have to tell it what apps are allowed, not what apps are disallowed. Right. Okay. I just want to make sure I hadn't missed something. I just turned it on. I'm going to see what happens. Wait, you say what apps you can't use or you list apps that only that? No, it's a what you can use. So in theory, you could use downtime to say, like going back to your, you, I know you from other conversations, I know you have a reading iPad. Yeah. In theory, you could have an iPad that was an iPad iPad. And then in downtime, you could only access your reading apps. Okay. Also, apparently what I just found out is that they've added a, uh, uh, um, during downtime, block the entire device. So that, if that sounds like overkill. <laughs> yeah. But like for well, me, yeah. why not? I'm kind of curious now because could I tell it or could you tell it that between yeah, like that also works on macOS. So you could say, for example, between 5 p.m. and 9 or 8 a.m., like just no access to my work laptop. So one thing, as I as we talked about like time tracking and I describe all my system, I, the system as I assign like specific time, I used to do that in calendar, but that didn't work because everything was moving around and slipping and whatever. So I figured I can't block specific times. I can block durations and then just like do them whenever. So I don't have stable work hours. I just know like this is these are the times I need to spend during the day but I can do like anything anytime like if I decide to like sleep for one day and just like work at midnight fine that's why I'm worried about but that, that's why I don't find it super useful to set it like times I definitely have like do not disturb between I think it's like 9 p.m and 6 a.m or something or, or 8 a.m but, but yeah I, I don't think like I could I could just use it with a specific time right so it, it, interesting I want to I, I would push back on that a lot and say I actually want to experiment with it on specific times because I want to see if I can force myself to stop working so late. Yeah. Because like I do, I actually do want an end. And especially like last night I had a call at 10 p.m. And after that call, it would have been tempting to go begin writing the action item document that came out of it. So I do this through the time tracking. So I know that I have like this certain amount of time for like the work categories. And when I completed them, I don't care what time it is, I'm done. So like if I complete them at like 8 p.m. and I'm at 8, 8 p.m. If I do it at 4 p.m., I'm free at 4 p.m. Like it, it really depends. It like sometimes I start working at 6 a.m. So sometimes I start working at noon. Like it's just really, it, it really. But but it's it's it, it's a good point. Like trying to make make the time like more stable. That might be that might be good. But it didn't work out in practice. Well, and I, like I like that idea. That, like something you just said. I have some blocks of time on my schedule, hmm. uh, on my calendar to like work on a specific task, and they're never honored. Mm -hmm. And so that that whole idea of being able to say, all right, today's an eight hour day. I've got five hours of me 
meetings. Therefore, I've got three hours to play with. Mm -hmm. And after that three hours have done, if I make all my meetings, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you can do that anytime. When you're done, you're done. And then this helped me to do those little things. Like I want to do a little bit of exercise. I do nine minutes of exercise every day, by the way. It's not much, but it's something. I would have never done that, but I Are know. Are you on a nine minute exercise plan? Yeah. All right, we'll talk about that later. Well, that that's just what the spreadsheet said. Like, like I was like, hey, I have this time a week. And just like, give me something. It was like nine minutes a day. So like, just like lift dumbbells for nine minutes a day. It's better than nothing. Um, <laughs> I do all sorts of things. But, but I, I just like, I, I tried our blocks. I just could never convince myself. I hate exercise. I, I, I loathe it. I hate it. But I need to do that because I don't want to die too early. So um, yeah, I'm doing nine minutes a day. And that helped me. Or just like there was this, I, I want to read more. I want to read nonfiction. I can have like 20 minutes of nonfiction. And when I'm done with everything and there's like 20 minutes of reading, I have, I know I have lunch. I have time for that and I can actually do that. So it, it, it's helping with finishing on time. Yeah, no, it sounds, it sounds too good to be true, which is why I want to try it. 